0: to the drama, only attracted to things that'll bring the trauma. Overseas, yeah, we trying to stop terrorism, but we still got terrorists here living in the U.S.A., the big CIA. The bloods in the and the cripples and the cake, But if you don't have love for your own race Then you only leave space to discriminate And to discriminate only generates hate And when you hate, then you're bound to get all right Madness is what you demonstrate And that's exactly how anger works and operates And you gotta have love just to set it straight Take control of your mind and meditate Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all You y'all. people dying Children hurting, and crying Can you practice what you preach and what you turn the other cheek? Father, 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 help us the signs and guidance from above. People got me, got me questioning, where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? love? It just ain't the same, always in change. Are strange
1: as the world insane same? If love and peace is so strong, why are the pieces of love that don't belong? Nations dropping bombs, chemical gases filling lungs of little ones with ongoing
0: suffering. As the youth are young, so ask yourself: Is the loving really gone? So I could ask myself, really, what is going wrong in this world that we live in? People keep on giving in making wrong decisions, only visions of the nitty-not respecting each other, not thy brother. A What's going on, but the reason's undercover. The truth is kept secret. It's swept in the rug. If you never know truth, then you never know love. What's the love, yo Come on. Now. What's the truth, yo Come on. Now. What's the love, y'all? We're forgiven and people dying. Children hurt and healing crying. When you practice what you preach and what you turn me about the cheek. Father, 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 help us. And some guidance from my These people got me, got me. Where is the love, where is the love? Whatever happened to the values of humanity Whatever happened to the fairness and equality Instead of spreading it, we're spreading animosity Lack of understanding, leading us away from unity That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling under That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling down It's no wonder why sometimes I'm feeling under Gotta keep my faith alive in When is found, Where is the love? Where is the love? Where
1: is the And from so you got
0: me, got me is Sing with me up huh? One, word, one word. We only got one, word. one word. That's all we got, one word, one wrong with it, yeah, something's wrong with it, yeah, something's, something's wrong with the good world, world, yeah We only got one, word. one word. That's all we got, one All right welcome everybody to ramona speaks the other truth it's part two tonight with my wonderful guest dan perkins author radio host tv guest professional speaker political columnist financial guru philanthropist. Dan is the host and producer for America's Cannabis Conversation, heard weekly on W420radionetwork.com. He is the author of seven books, for with on Islamic terrorism against the United States. His books can be purchased at Amazon.com. Dan is a current events commentator and writes periodically for over 20 different news blogs. He appears regularly on over 1,400 radio, and TV shows across the nation. He is also the co-founder of a nonprofit veteran service organization called Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Dan's website is
1: danperkins.guru. And welcome, Dan. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be back with you again. Sorry about that long introduction. I got to do something about shortening that. I guess. No, no, no.
0: Let people. Now, yes, um, one of the most interesting things that I took away from last week's show. Okay. Um, let's recap that. Let's go over the percentage okay. of Black Americans in this country that are, or is it, will take. COVID vaccine is about, what, 3%?
1: No, no, no. Um, The the latest number as of the 21st of January, based on a Pew research poll, about 42% of Black people in the United States have indicated that they will or may, operative word may, take the vaccine, which means almost 60% of the Black community, about 50-55% uh, of the brown community, and 50 to 60% of the Native Americans, all are saying they're not going to take it. They're not going to take it. Absolutely not. Nope. And the, and the government's, excuse my language, dear lady, but the the government's pissed at you guys because you're not following in line and doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And 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 they, <clears throat> the president. Uh, Joe Biden uh, said uh, a week or so ago, uh, he acknowledged, sort of acknowledged your objection, or I'm not saying you, but but Black, Brown, and, and Native Americans' objection. But he didn't have the courage to mention the people who are opposed to it by name. He didn't say Black or Brown or Native American people. He just said certain ethnic minorities are opposed to it he didn't acknowledge that you as a black person going back a long long time many many decades if not centuries um don't have a right to be recognized your opinion being recognized associated with who you are and i was i was personally offended at that i mean that's a chicken's way out and um so uh I, I just thought it was inappropriate the, the the issue is one of the things we talked about last week is this this is not a natural vaccine right and for your for your listeners who didn't hear it last week the typical medical process for developing a vaccine is to use some portion of the virus that they're trying to to destroy in the construction of the vaccine, polio, mumps, measles, flu vaccines, all of them use the virus in the construction of the vaccine that that they're going to give us. This has none. If you go get a a COVID-19 shot, no matter who's giving it to you, you're not getting any of the virus. It's all artificial. And so it's not natural. And I think that from what I've talked to uh, my friends in the black community, one of the reasons they're against the vaccine is that, well, a couple, it was developed incredibly quickly. It's not all natural. And we don't have enough evidence to find out what the hell the reaction is going to be longer term. And, but nobody seems to care except the black people or the brown people or the Native Americans that, wait a minute, you should be asking yourself, is this the right thing to do? Um, it's amazing that we have dr fauci saying to the to the american people and to the rest of the people around the world if you get the shots you're still going to have to wear your mask you're still going to have to practice social distancing well how does that work i mean what's the purpose of the shot if i have to continue to do what i was doing before it's it is these conflicts these. Changes of what you should be doing and what we should be doing. One mask, no mask, one mask now, two masks. I got this wonderful, I wish I could, maybe I can send it to, to uh, Daryl. I got this wonderful picture from my number two son who lives in Fairfax, Virginia. And, <clears throat> and, it's, and it's a picture of Dr. Fauci. And he has a mask made out of a box of masks with the straps on it, saying, well, why don't I just wear the whole box? Why don't I just wear the whole, why don't I wear just 50 masks at one time? And that shows the absurdity of what's, what's going on. So we, we've got a vaccine that we don't know for sure what the reaction is going to be longer term because we we've, we didn't do anything, any significant study. Now they want to take it. They want to test it on pregnant women, four thousand pregnant women, which I think is crazy. And now they want to start driving down the age to younger children. And I'm saying, you know, we had, we had lots of information. And I'm as skeptical as you are, maybe for different reasons. But I'm a skeptical. I'm skeptical about this. Uh, my, my two daughter-in-laws. <clears throat> Uh, because of the what they the work they do, they got the shot. Both of them in their late thirties, early 40s, had horrendous reactions to the Moderna shot. I mean, they were sick in bed, their entire body ached, the joints ached. They just felt terrible. And quote, we've been told, well, if you get a reaction to the shot, that's to tell you that it's working. Well, I'm not sure At, and and now we find today, that the astrazeneca vaccine which was taken off the market in florida that or excuse me in south africa because they didn't find it to be effective and they're going back to the drawing board but they didn't tell us why it wasn't effective or what the side effects were or did anybody die they just all of a sudden told us they're pulling it off the market today andrea merkel the chancellor of germany said she was not taking the astra zeneca shot because it wasn't the manufacturer astrazeneca did not recommend it for people over 65 and she's 70. wow so she said i'm not taking it so we've just got this 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 conflicting information we've got mr dr fauci who many people think is the reincarnation of god because he's so smart and knows everything there is to know about viruses. And yet he, he changes his mind and because he might know about viruses, what does he know about opening schools? What does he know about opening churches? And yet he's opining about that all the time. So we've, we've got people that are giving us information. Um, and you just have to start, you have to start asking the question what's their motivation
0: okay you you had a um a supplement or alternative for those who absolutely
1: do not want to take right right yes I, I i'm simply a spokesperson for them but you're right yes yes if we understand first of all we just as we said a few minutes ago the new vaccine does not contain any of the virus so it's right. it's it's a manufactured vaccine. So what we and the purpose of the virus, or excuse me, the purpose of the vaccine is to support your body's immune system, so that you can fight off the virus if it starts to attack you. That's the purpose of the vaccine. It doesn't cure you. If you got if you've got COVID nineteen, they're not going to give you the shot. They're not going to do that. And I, I've talked to people who had had it, a mild case, the doctor recommended that they take the shot, the first shot, and they got really sick. And the doctor said, don't take the second one. So the company that I'm working with is called CV, Char- Charlie Victor Sciences, out of San Diego, California. And they've developed two products that are designed specifically to help those people who haven't made up their mind about whether they're going to take the vaccine or not, but want to do something to try and protect themselves. So the two products, one is called CV Acute. That you take if you find yourself that you're waking up in the morning, you got a sore throat, and you're not sure that what's going on. You t- you take the CV Acute three times a day for three days, and you're done. And many times I've talked to people that never got past the first day because they felt so much better. But you have have to be able to build your and keep your immune system as strong as possible and as all natural as possible. So they developed a second product called CV Defense. And it's made up of uh, all natural products that are designed to maximize the strength of your immune system to fight whatever is coming your way in terms of a virus. Uh, We had a I have a, a gentleman that I've been on the radio with for about seven years in Chicago, a black man by the name of Charles Butler. Been in Chicago radio for a long time. And he called me like Tuesday or Wednesday. He says, I've just been diagnosed with viral pneumonia and I feel like crap. Do you think the CV acute will help me? And I said, I'm not a doctor, but I can put you in touch with the doctor. And so he talked to him and he said, First of all, it's not going to hurt you, and it's designed to not just work on COVID nineteen viruses, but viruses in general. So he got it like uh, Thursday morning, and I talked to him late yesterday afternoon. He says, "It's amazing. I, I feel really good. It's like the coughing's gone, and and so it was a it it, it worked very well for him." But the idea is, that if you know that, it, that the, the nutrients and the minerals and stuff that's in it is all natural from Mother Earth, a lot of people feel comfortable about using it. And what we did is we created a website. Because I believe a lot of people, not just black or brown or Native American, but white people, there are a number of people who say, I'm not comfortable with taking this now but wearing a mask and a gloves or a hand sanitizer is not gonna help my internal body if it starts to come after me. So they're looking at the CV acute and the CV defense as a natural way to protect themselves. So we created a website called empoweryourself.info. Put yourself in control of your healthcare because right now, if you can't get the shots and you don't want the shots, you have to come up with an alternative, and that's what these two products are—all natural alternatives that can help you fight off any any virus, including COVID nineteen. Okay, and
0: uh, it's affordable, right?
1: Yes, it's the, the CV defense, which is something you take every day, is less than a dollar a day, and you go to go to. Um, empoweryourself.info, where you can learn about it and you can also buy it, place an order right there on the website, empoweryourself.info.
0: Okay. And um, there has been reported, are you familiar with the number of um, deaths that have occurred uh, in the younger um, age group
1: from this well, depending on what you mean, younger. Right now, we're testing, we're going to be testing down to 16 years of age. What, what I said to you last week was that, that, again, this is a matter of, in my opinion, misinformation. The CDC reported that, um, to the best of their knowledge, there have been 11 reported deaths from the vaccine. But they also went on to say, anecdotally, it's more like 10,000 that have died from the vaccine. And so, um, what do you believe? Who do you believe? How how can you,
0: how does one find out what the truth is? I, because, that's right. a,
1: that's a, that, that is the question, I hear that all the time from everybody. Who do I believe? Who do? Brent Hume uh, of this past week on Fox News was talking about the the amount of disinformation and that that was saying what what I've been basically saying for some time, is that people, regardless of their race, don't know really know who to trust, and and so you have to if if you can't get the truth, then what you have to do is you have to make a decision based on what's in it and if and so if you start with the premise that i'm comfortable with dealing with something all natural i'll start there and i'll i'll buy myself some protection and i'll wait and see what happens i think that's that's the one thing i don't think that there's a huge percentage of that almost 60 percent of black people who don't want to take it when i talk to them they basically say i just don't know and and if i don't know what the truth is and what's actually going to happen. I don't want to take it because I don't know what's going to happen to me. Of course, I was saying that um, part of one
0: thing that people of color, especially with dark darker skins, is that we don't um, process vitamin D from the sun. That's correct. Majority have uh, vitamin D sufficiency. Yes. Having said that. Um, you need that vitamin D to help boost your immune system. And so in the CV acute, is that the one that has the... Uh,
1: C- I- C- CV I- defense, the one that you take every day, has, okay. has the vitamin vitamin D, vitamin A, selenium and zinc, all natural. And they also use uh, an extract of a Rishi mushroom <clears throat> and PEA, a, a natural occurring antioxidant in our, bo- in, in our body. So yes, it's, you're right. It's, it's, it is the, and it's why what you said is not unique to just black people it's unique to people of darker skin, whether they be black, or they be Hispanic or whether they be Native American. Right. And it's it it is the inability to process and extract. And and vitamin D three deficiency is huge in the in the in people of color.
0: Yes. Because if they can't
1: you-, it, you would think that 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 they should be able to, but but they can't and and Uh, I'm not smart enough to tell you why, other than that the scientists are saying that your sin doesn't process the light to produce enough natural D3. And um, so you have to take a supplement. But it is one of the biggest shortcomings in diet in the black community is a shortage of vitamin D3. Very important. Right. And... um... Also,
0: what I have found um, diagnosed with vitamin D deficiency is that, um, well, if you try to order the vitamin, um, because Fauci had come out and before they had any kind of uh, battle, uh, battle tools against this, were saying, you know, take vitamin D and zinc and and you can hardly, well, I can't hardly find them. I don't want to running from store to store. Right. Um, but
1: people are buying them off the shelf like crazy. Right, and that's the beauty of our product. You don't have to buy it in the store. You go to empoweryourself.info, and you can order it right there on the website, and they'll ship directly to you. And they have and another, th- another thing that's important why the CV defense is important is that you need to take it every day. And so I'm, I'm a terrible person in terms of remembering to order my vitamins. And then all of a sudden the bottle's empty. And now I got to go rush to get some stuff. Yeah, They have what they call a, 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 um, a subscription service. So you can have one bottle shipped to you every month on a regular basis. And you don't have to worry about ordering it.
0: And you don't have to worry about it
1: being stale or impotent. No. No, that's one of the things we talked about. You might remember last week. Right. Um, I've never seen this on any other thing, any other prescription or vitamin. On the label of both CB defense and C acute is one of these uh, scanners with all the dots on it. You take your smartphone and you scan that, and it takes you directly to an independent website that certifies all the ingredients in the bottle, and their there's their origin and when they were manufactured so you know how old or fresh it is what the units are and then you also have access to independent research that support the particular elements in a CV defense or CV acute i've never seen that before but that's that that was saying we 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 have to, as you said how do you know we we decide, they decided i didn't they decided they were going to make that information available to consumers by simply scanning it with their phones.
0: Okay. Um I was reading an article that um you wrote and you were saying Joseph Dowling, the CEO of CB Sciences, explains um that uh I quote, we decided to give our employees immunity boosting supplements for free. It is so important to take care of employees firstly for their health and indirectly to help companies survive, which makes a hell of a lot of sense. We hope all companies will take care of their employees every way possible. And CB Sciences has initiated research, published studies, and is the first company to achieve GRAS safety status for hemp derived CBD. Mm -hmm. And there, improving the quality of life through nature and science. Right. And um, said the world has witnessed how the vaccine rollout is going haphazard at best because like, when my second shot is due on the fourth and I haven't gotten the the appointment yet. <laughs> so it's just that it's imperative right now for everyone to take health matters into their own hands
1: absolutely You're, I, I couldn't agree with you more the idea of uh, and and this is this is i heard this last night on 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 the news the the reporter was talking about had, he had been talking to a lot of people in fort myers about the vaccine and about the virus and what was clear is what we talked about last week tens of millions of americans want somebody to say Tell me what to do. Right. Just tell me what to do. Don't tell me to keep wearing my mask and washing my hands. What am I going to do to make my immune system fight for me? And they're not. And if you have to wait to get the shot, and and this is the other thing. There's a. I think a, a an unjust and 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 total disregard. The vaccine. The scientists who developed the vaccines say they're Johnson and Johnson is 66% effective, and it just got approved this afternoon. And the the um, the uh, um, Moderna and, and Pfizer's are about 94, 95%. Right. But just let me can I want to pick that apart for just one minute. Sure. If there's 5% that don't, it doesn't help. When you go into the, to the clinic or the store or whatever and you get your shot, how do you know whether you're in the 5% or not? Good question. You don't, you don't know unless you get sick. And, and now they're talking about people who have had the virus recovered are getting it again. And so and that people for example there was a congressman out of massachusetts who had both of his shots he went to the joe biden inauguration on the 20th and came home and wound up being diagnosed now remember he had both shots and he had over three weeks after the second shot he wound up with COVID 19. so uh, you don't know, and if you think if we're at about 325 million people in this country, and five percent are not going to get protected, even if they get the shot, that's 15, almost 17 million people who have no protection at all. Well, what are they going to do? And they don't know until they get exposed if they get sick. There's nothing else they can do, and so when they're told, when you're told, get the shot, but You can't take off your mask and you got to practice social distancing. Yeah. Uh, I saw doctor. I couldn't believe this. I saw Dr. Fauci this week was interviewed on one of the morning shows. And the question from the reporter to Dr. Fauci was, if you have both of your shots and you're three weeks past your shot, can you go see your granddaughter? You know what he said? He pointed to his nose and said, "Grandma can still get the infection in her nasal passage, even oh. though." She... So I'm saying to myself, "Wait a minute. If I can get it in my nasal passages, that's why he said he, you say you got to wear masks and you got to be safe distancing, even with your grandchildren. What's the point? What's the point?" And so I I, I looked at that and I said, "My God, this man's scaring the." i'm 75 <laughs> 75 years old and my wife uh doesn't know what we got four grandchildren we haven't seen them in now over a year except on on uh zoom and um we're trying to decide do we want to go up to meet with them in uh orlando sometime in mid to late march and she doesn't know she's still very concerned not only about about what's going to happen to the children, but are we going to wind, are we in the 5% are going to wind up getting it because, and so what happened, here's what happened today. Our granddaughter, our third granddaughter, seven years old, told us that she was sent home yesterday from school because one of her classmates tested positive for COVID-19. Mm. So she's sequestered for two weeks. How old is it? Seven years old. Seven years old. So, um, they're now they're in, what should they do? I mean, she's she was at home when we talked to her on Zoom this afternoon, and she's wearing, the whole family's wearing a mask because her mother has a terribly compromised immune system, and they're concerned about giving her, if, if she's got the virus, then they won't be able to know for several more days to test her. Is she going to infect her mother, and what a ter- what a terrible thing to live with. If you, if you have the virus, you know your mother's got, as best she can understand, it's got to compromise his immune system. The dad is trying to keep them apart, and if she, if his mo- her mom gets it and something happens to her, the little girl's going to live with that the rest of her life.
0: Exactly, exactly. And and here's the thing about what we're discussing. Um, No one is saying, don't get the vaccine. But to raise your awareness of what you are getting and the fact that it is not a cure-all. So you, as an individual um, and part of a family, uh, a co-worker, have to do whatever you can on your end because it's obvious that this disease, whatever it is really does have the medical field mind boggled. And I guess instead of them just coming out and saying, we just don't know enough about this disease we just don't so the only thing that we can do is to try and boost our immune system try to stay as healthy as possible we don't even know if that will help but when you have people getting vaccines and going out and catching it again. And then I was uh, looking at the question about how much is enough when they, the scientists initially estimated 50 to 70% of the population needed to acquire resistance uh, to the coronavirus to banish it. But now Dr. Fauci and others are quietly shifting that number. Worked. So far, what has it been? Almost a million people in the country that have had it tested positive. And those are the ones that have gotten tested. But we have 300 million people. How much time is that going to take for everybody to get to the situation where it is herd immunity if that will even help so it would not and the only thing uh, you can do is start looking for something to supplement your immune system Get that dose of vitamin D. Build up that Celine, Celine. Oh, now I got tongue tied. The zinc, you know, etc. And then what? Because everybody wants to get back to normal. You have sixty percent of the population of of a certain ethnic group. That are still s- skeptical.
1: Can you hear me? Yes. Good. Now I- okay. I don't know what happened there, but anyway, uh, I I wanted to. Uh, I agree with you, you know. And and I I, I can't I can't ag- agree with you. Uh, I I can't agree with you. I just can't. I can't emphasize enough how important what you're saying is true. You have to do something. If you just sit around, you might wind up getting sick, or getting, giving the virus to somebody you love, and they may not survive it. You know, and, and I, I think it's important to just spend a moment talking about why, what's happening in the black community, and right now, uh, the, the scientists who study the viruses always speak in terms of 100,000 people as a unit, based on what the the CDC said, um, 74 Blacks or African Americans out of every 100,000 die from the virus. Native Americans, 40, Hispanics, 40. But it's worse than that because if we look at Chicago Where one third of the population of the city of Chicago is black, almost seventy-five percent of the COVID deaths are in the black community. Mm -hmm. In Milwaukee, African Americans made up seventy percent of the deaths, and they're only twenty-six percent of the population. And so, what what I'm trying to say is that that. I'm, I'm 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 sharing with you my personal frustration yeah if i I look at it from the standpoint that i'm I'm on a mission to try and save people's lives. I don't think for whatever if, I must be doing a very bad job of explaining why this is important because I don't see enough people making the decision to empower themselves to go to their computer and put in, Empoweryourself.info. Look at the product and buy it. We're not. We're not getting the kind of response that I expected that we would get from the African American community, or Native Americans, or Hispanics, and I don't know why they're not responding. And 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 I guess I have to blame it on myself more than anything else. Um, but I think part of it might be the fact that they're 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 scared. They don't know what to do. And, and so when you're scared and you don't know what to do, you probably don't do anything. And it's just crazy. You know, we, we, uh, we have uh, this incredible statistic I gave you last week. One in every 1,000 black Americans has died from COVID-19. But the white counterparts, one in every 2,100 have died. You know, and when we talk about statistics, like you might have seen a story a week and a half ago about the decline in the first six months of the coronavirus, the decline in the average life expectancy in America, was down to the lowest level in 15 years, and it was a, we, we lost about one year of longevity. I talked to a lot of people who saw the story, but a lot of people didn't read the rest of the story. And the rest of the story is that black people lost 2.7 years. 2.7 years in six months of their life expectancy. Hispanics lost 1.9, but 2.7 years, think about that. The, the, the survival rate of the black community because of this virus dropped 2.7 years in six months and we haven't gotten the year end numbers but i suspect it's it's higher so your your risk your life is at risk not only yours but your your wife or husband or children or your parents or grandparents and it's within your power to do something i'm doing i'm begging you to go do it because i, I want to help you and i want to help preserve your family see that's one of the things about the native americans that that has me very saddened they have very high mortality rates. But the Native American history is not primarily written down. It's an oral history passed from generation to generation. And the people, the, the bulk of the people that are dying in the, in the Native American community are the elders. And they're taking their, the history of their Indian nations to the graves with them. And even in the black community the older black population which are the historians for the black community they're dying and haven't had a chance to necessarily pass all of their wisdom and experience on to the next generation so this is a devastating devastating illness and a lot of ways that that it's affecting uh, people but it does affect black and brown people more than anybody else and uh, I, I
0: believe uh, just from what I've read and and personal knowledge of different people who have passed from this disease is that it's a wide age range also.
1: Right. Did you happen to see the story yesterday about the superintendent for the New York City schools? No. He resigned. Wow. He resigned because he lost 11 family members to the virus. Oh, my God. 11 family members oh my gosh he's hispanic
0: oh my gosh
1: yep he just said i can't take it anymore i just i i have to i have to go take care of my grieving family i i can't i can't take care of them and work in the school system so he resigned and i applaud him for the desire to want to help his family members and putting them over everything else but I mean, I had a situation two years ago where I lost five family members in three months. Can't imagine 11. It's just, just yeah. amazing. So for your, for your listeners, dear lady, I encourage them go to empoweryourself.info. Look at the product, look at the testimonials and buy it for you, buy it for yourself and your family. And sign up for a, prescrip- a subscription for CV yes. defense.
0: And, and, and what makes this so sad when it comes to my culture and the culture of people of color is that there's such a huge amount of distrust
1: um, You're absolutely right, and they're I, I torn.
0: To...
1: They're torn. They're torn, and I would say to you, we talked about this last week, and I've talked about it many, many times. I, 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 I'd make you this wager: if, if you or one of your friends got on the phone, and you made some phone calls that you said you were conducting a survey and and you asked them uh for their for their ethnic origin and and you were able to interview a hundred white people and you said to those 100 white people are you familiar with the tuskegee experiment Mm -hmm. i'm going to guess out of 100 you might get 10 and that's probably being overly generous but you yeah. can talk to an awful lot of black people and they know exactly what this tuskegee experiment was yeah. and and it was the medical industry who was doing the test on black men giving them syphilis and having a cure and not giving to them let them continue to live with it and spread it to another generation Yeah. Uh, and There there was another story about one of the virus manufacturers who was sued in Angola because they went into the country to test a a vaccine and they kidnapped children, gave it to them, and it was not a good vaccine. And some of the children died and took years. And finally, they settled out of court for millions and millions of dollars. But, But to go into a an African community and kidnap the children and and use them for experimentation. You know, I said to, I I may have said this on your show last week. uh, If I didn't, I meant to. Normally when we test a new vaccine, we do it over a period of years. We have clinical trials and we test it on animals first before we give it to humans to run clinical trials for tests. We were the guinea pigs. We are the guinea pigs. And we have only a few months of having the vaccine go out and get into people's bodies. And we don't know. I pray to God that nobody, nothing happens. But I know this, that if something does happen, that the vaccine companies have already been given immunity by the federal government so we Mm. can't we can't sue them so uh but we are we are we're talking about they talk about this as a new a new way to create viruses that's clear this particular process has never been tried on the scale that is being used today with the billions of people that are going to wind up getting this in their bodies and i don't know what's going to happen and um you know What, what, what really bothers me about this whole thing is that if the, if the vaccine company, if we've got a problem, and I hope we don't, but if we have a problem, the vaccine companies will say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Somehow that doesn't, in my mind, that doesn't get it. No, it doesn't. Because lives have been lost and in a rush, I know it was a problem. I know it's a huge problem. But we're learning now that some of the things that we thought we were doing, um, you know, you said at the beginning of the show, you've had your first shot, you know you're supposed to have your second shot on a specific day, and you still haven't gotten notification of when you're going to get it. I live in Florida, and the only way we could get an appointment... Was for my son in New Jersey to use a speed dialer to rapidly dial to get in for us to get an appointment. We have people on my little island here in the Gulf of Mexico in their 80s who can't stay online for hours. Right, still haven't had the shots. Right, uh, and 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 so it's how, how are we going to do this? How, uh, they're talking about giving it to the drugstores to go to that's that's fine but and you know, uh, wonder... in Houston excuse me
0: um, sure. in Houston, they are um, working on a going to the home of the elderly and the people who can't get out
1: I'm sure there are a lot of them
0: yeah and, know, and, and, what... and transportation is also one thing and then there's Word of mouth. And then then there's um, who's offering it and how many, how many places spread around offer it. Right. And you have to take all of that in time. There's people still going about the daily life. And you're still coming in contact. Yeah. and the testing is not you know everybody's not rushing to get tested because now there's a vaccine out so right let's right. get the vaccine so know I mean, if you can't get it you can't get
1: before we got before we got my youngest son involved in trying to get an appointment for me and my wife my wife would be up every, every on the certain days that you could call to try and get an appointment she would be up to be, she would dial at 5.59 a.m. hmm And she would redial and redial and redial. And when she finally got on, uh, all appointments are full. And, you know, uh, it, it's just, when we, when we went to get our sh- second shot, I said, I asked the person, so how many shots can you give today? 3,000. 3,000. So if you look at just where I live in Lee County, Florida, with a population of over 800,000 people at 3,000 a day for two days a week, it's going to take a long time to yeah. vaccinate all those people. And, and, and who, and what we don't know today is whether or not the the vaccine that we're using today is going to be effective against the, uk and the south african virus strains
0: and whatever other mutation decides to exactly rear its head
1: right you're absolutely right this thing almost seems like it thinks yeah i well it's a a living organism Um, and a thinking one i mean it
0: i mean the the rate that it mutated and we've been dealing with this only a year. And it's mutated at least two times.
1: Oh, I think it's more than that. We're just not telling us. Right. That's, that's, that's the other problem I have, is that we don't get anything. I, as I said, I live on this island, and I I only really get one piece of information. One piece of information. How many people were tested positive? I, went to the, I, I wrote three letters to the editor on the local newspapers, and then I went to city council. And I said to city council, how in the world can you expect me and my wife to decide what we want to do on one piece of information? We don't know how many people actually got infected, got sick, how many went to the hospital, how many died. We don't know. All we know is we get one number from you, How many new cases this week? And I took with me an article from a newspaper in the Adirondack Mountains and a little town called Tupper Lake, which is smaller than where I live. And every week the local newspaper publishes the number of people who tested positive, how many people have tested positive since the beginning, how many people went into the hospital, how many died. And if there's a place that had an outbreak, they put in the newspaper, and I'm using it as an example, Joe's Bar had three people tested positive last Wednesday. If you were in Joe's Bar between such and such a time last Wednesday, we strongly suggest you go and get yourself tested. But we don't know, we don't know anything about where these people were, what they did. And I said, I said to the council, it's irresponsible. You were playing with people's lives, because you're not telling them if if X Y Z restaurant has 15 cases this month, and you're not telling us, then there's then you're accepting the responsibility for the outcome of those cases. We have, we I live on an, a, 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 an island. And we have season. That's when all the snowbirds from the north come down. That starts November 1st to February 1st. Then February 1st gets gets into what is called high season. And high season and season then run to May 1st. We, and I said to to the city council and in the newspapers, I was talking to the city council before November 1st, and I said, I fully expect... Come November 1st, we're going to see a significant rise in the number of cases for the island. 50% of the total cases from the beginning of this pandemic came reported after December 1st, 2020. Half hmm. came after December after December 1st. So in two months... Two and a half months, half of the total count came as opposed to the entire year. So it came because the people came down from the north and brought the virus with them, and um, and spread it and continue to spread it. So um, it's it, it, it's it's a very difficult thing to deal with. In in many respects, the elderly are the people that have the greatest risk people over 65, especially people that are 65 with compromised immune system. But what's important about that is that if you have a strong immune system, you can fight this. But you can't have a strong immune system if you've got a vitamin DC or selenium or zinc or vitamin A deficiency, you can't do it. That's why CV Defense provides all of those elements To help build and maintain your immune system but what's most important is that it's within your power the people listening to your show it's within their power to do something about protecting themselves and their family by going to empoweryourself.info and learn about the products read the testimonials and then buy it for your family exactly um and here's i have a
0: question that i how much of those items would a person need, or where can you find that information to boost your immune system? What, how is the um,
1: dosage put out? The dosages of the minerals are about 750 milligrams each. So, um, you would have to go someplace where you could buy all of the ingredients yourself and you'd need six tablets. Uh, and my guess is you're probably not going to be able to find all of them in one place. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to call around or you're going to try and order them on Amazon. And, but the problem is when you wherever you buy it, you don't have the ability to know for sure whether these are synthetic vitamins or right. or natural vitamins. I and agree. so, and so that's, that's another thing, you know, you, you, you buy a synthetic vitamin and you think you're getting what you need, but in reality, you're not. So you can, you can go shop around, you can try and find and, and create your own package. I'm not sure you would necessarily be able to find all of the ingredients, um, but you could you could certainly get on the phone and on the internet and start shopping around to build it and buy it. But again, I'm not sure that you could do all that and still do it for a little over a dollar a day. Uh, you might, but I, I, I don't think so. And so... Um, no, I was just wondering, like,
0: um, when they tell me, I have a deficiency, well, what would be normal? And then the dosage, you know, that you can buy in the store, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. I think one of them is
1: three. You can take, let's just take, take, take your question. And let's just look, focus in on one thing, vitamin D3. Yes. You can buy all kinds of different doses of vitamin D3. How but, do you
0: know what is sufficient?
1: Well, <laughs> you know, usually there's a a recommended daily amount by the Food and Drug Administration as a as an appropriate level as a minimum. But the problem is is um, finding the dosage that's your recommended amount and getting the other five ingredients in their recommended amount in order to. Create I, the same thing that you can buy in a bottle that's already done for you.
0: Well, I get my bottles um, Tuesday.
1: Um,
0: no, Thursday. Mine. Mm. I get mine. Uh, your which bottles? Your CV. Oh, CV. you bought some. Good. When did um, you buy it? I bought it the uh, day before yesterday.
1: Good. Super. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so proud. Yeah,
0: because I, I do. I need. Um, The D and the zinc, yes, uh, for sure. And so, you know, I'd rather just be able to do it like that. Mm -hmm. I want to be a testimony,
1: you know. Okay, super. Better way to know. Yeah. So so. did you you said you wanted to talk about cannabis? You still want to do that? I sure do. What can I tell you? you? What would you like to know? Okay. Um, the question
0: that I have for the audience that aren't sure because I'm not uh, well versed in it. When did you? When did your work with uh, American Cannabis Conversation start? What got you interested in it? What was the journey? Um, okay. Watching has
1: I go for it. I got start. I, my partner and I started discussions um, over two years ago, and we had just finished a show that we were um, we were working on, and um, and so I said, uh, "What do you want to do for the next show?" And he says, "I have no idea. What do you think?" And I said, "Well, I think that there's a lot of things going on." with uh, cannabis and we've we've got at, at that time we had something like nine states uh that had uh, approved medical marijuana uh, and and it continued to evolve but i i, I listened to a lot of shows that's, that's probably a misnomer i listened to some quote shows that were broadcasting stories about cannabis and um, I listened to them and I said, this is crap, excuse my language, because it's, it's two guys sitting around a microphone talking about how great weed was. And, and people didn't want that. People didn't want that. They, what they wanted was, I believe at the time, what they wanted was information, objective information on cannabis. Right. So I came up with the idea of what we need to do is we need to have a conversation with people. So we named the show America's Cannabis Conversation. And it started a year ago, uh, almost two years ago, and it started out as a, a podcast, a simple podcast on Spreaker. And what I, I I was the I'm the producer and I'm the host of the show and I what I wanted to do was I wanted to be able to take major network approach to producing the show. So I decided that that I was going to have a whole diverse group of people that I wanted to talk to. And the style of the show was as if I was sitting in your living room, on your couch, having a conversation. So when I was talking to all these guests, That's the style that I decided I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so we started the program and I was responsible for booking people. And I read this four-line story in USA Today about this doctor at Harvard who was studying cannabis for a treatment for pancreatic cancer now i had a connection because i had a friend here on the island who had pancreatic cancer and he passed away pancreatic cancer is probably the deadliest cancer that you can have because you don't you, you don't just have cancer in the pancreas by the time you die you have lung kidneys liver you have cancer all over and so I was talking to Dr. Will and we talked about what he was doing and he did a preliminary study that he submitted to the, the FDA to do clinical trials on using this strain of cannabis to treat pancreatic cancer. And he said uh, when he did the first preclinical trial, he, he he got a result that he wasn't expecting, he wasn't sure that it was right, that maybe there was a flaw in the research. So he went back and did it two more times. And then he did it a fourth time. And what he and he did something different on the fourth time. See, he was testing people who were who had active pancreatic cancer in their systems. And when they started giving him When he started giving him this cannabis, the tumor stopped growing. And he thought there was a mistake. So they did it three times. And every time, the same thing was happening. The tumors went, the cancer went in remission, and the tumors started to shrink. Not just in the pancreas, but anywhere there was a metastasized cancer tumor in some other part of the body so he said there's something wrong so he took some patients who had taken the cannabis and went in remission and he re-injected them with active pancreatic cancer cells and the body killed them and i said to the doctor will i said so will this work on other cancers he said I don't know for sure but I believe it will. Now I tell you that story and you can go you can go to w 420 radionetworkcom and it'll take you to America's Cannabis Conversation and go back in the archive sections and look at the for one of the first shows in the archive season 1 episode I think 2 and you'll see Dr. Will from Harvard. And That research, dear lady, should have been started 20 years ago. As I started talking to researchers and clinicians and doctors and lawyers and accountants and regulators and growers and packagers and dispensary owners, all across the entire spectrum, a lot of people felt that we are still, don't know the power of how the cannabis drug can in fact help in, in enormous ways. And that uh, we've spent a long time fighting the drug and what it might do for people. And so we're way behind in where we should be in terms of research. So I felt it was important that we needed to bring to bring more information to the American public. So we started off with Spreaker on a, on a once a week podcast. We're now about a year and a half into the show. We have uh, still on Spreaker. We are on AMFM 24-7 with their radio show, radio network and their, and their uh, Roku network, and we get about 1.9 million listeners a month. We're on cable radio news, and we have about 11 million listeners on 300 cable television stations across the country, and we have direct access to the Roku channel, which has 50 million subscribers. And uh, so our audience, and we have other, other programs, other airtimes, we have a, we've exploded in terms of following for people who are interested in what's going on in the cannabis industry. Now that we have issues of, of the Congress finally beginning to look at decriminalization of cannabis, we may dramatically accelerate the expansion of legalized cannabis in the United States and more and more research. When Dr. Will first did his first pre-trial, he couldn't buy cannabis in Massachusetts it was illegal. So he went to the drug enforcement agency, told them about the, the testing that he wanted to do, and they got it in Canada, brought it back across the border to give him a supply to start developing his protocol. Um, we have so many things that, uh, whether it's pain, we got medical marijuana in Florida three years ago. And I live in on Sanibel and Fort Myers is just on the other side of the causeway. And I went into speak with a doctor who started a clinic and in Florida, you have to get a license from a qualified doctor to be able to go to a dispensary and buy the product. So I said to him when I, he had only been open a little while, I said, so what, what assumption have you made in your business model? He said our average customer is going to be between 21 and 35 years of age. So I went back to him two years later. I said, doctor, do you remember me? He said, yep, you're the cannabis guy. I said, yeah. So when we met, you said that your average customer is gonna be 21 to 35. So here we are two years later, what's your average customer? 55. I said, 55? What happened? He said, people over 55 have chronic aches and pains and the medications that the doctors were giving them from pharmaceutical companies they had adverse reactions and they weren't working they tried cannabis and cannabis was giving them relief so they came back and they've abandoned their pharmaceuticals for all natural cannabis i did an interview again early on with a navy seal who was wounded nine times had surgeries, and the Navy's response was to give him Oxycontin Mm. for his pain. And they finally discharged him on a medical discharge because he couldn't deal with the pain without being a drug addict. He went home, and he had an extended family, and the family said, you got to get off of the drug. So they took him to a clinic. Got him off slowly off of the off the Oxycontin and started him on cannabis, and now he takes no Oxycontin, no narcotics whatsoever. He can treat his pain with small doses of cannabis, and there are thousands and thousands of stories uh, about what cannabis can do and is doing, and we saw that come to a full fruition when the government, the state government, not the federal government, because the federal government still illegal. The state government decided that the dispensaries were essential businesses and had it to stay open during the pandemic, curbside drop off and stuff like that. So the, the government decided, the state government decided it was an essential business and some early on, some of the states were not doing very well handling it and what to do, but they all, all eventually came around. So we were able to deal with, right now, according to the AMA, one in four Americans has significant depression or anxiety. Whether it's the economy, their jobs, or the virus, it's the highest level of, of anxiety and depression in the history of the country. Cannabis is helping millions of people deal with that anxiety and depression. So as I interviewed four people every week for a year and a half, I've interviewed a lot of people, a lot of different facets of, of the business. And recently, uh, in fact, on today's show is an interview with the CEO of the largest cannabis company in the world was on my show. Um, and so we're we're reaching out to try and help people, educate them, understand what's going on in the cannabis business, new products, new developments, new regulations. And um, if you go to, so w420radionetwork.com, you can hear today's show, and you can go to the archives and listen to shows. I think there's 239 episodes or something like that. Uh, if you want to spend that much time, but you could go listen to them. Also, every day during the week, uh, after 4.20 in the morning, I have a short commentary on a particular part of uh, the cannabis business, and it's called um, – the the name is – use my name, Dan Perkins, and you go to and you can see American Cannabis Conversation daily uptake and you'll you'll have four days Monday Tuesday Thursday and Friday of what's what's going on on a, on the upcoming show and then on Wednesday is a section called uh, midweek update so we, we give you the latest news of what's going on so it's really uh, it's an amazing product I've had an opportunity to meet some of the Little, literally, literally the founders of this industry and in helping it to become legal. And I, I think that it's, um, we're just beginning to understand the power and the magnitude of what this can do for us as it relates to health issues. Now,
0: Mike, I, did a little research, just a quick one, to see what are some of the things that it has um, been able to help, um, verified help, uh-huh. cigarette addiction, mm-hmm. acne, yep. diabetes, fibromyalgia, yeah. um, uh, uh-huh, pre-mad cow disease, post-traumatic stress disorder schizophrenia, Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis,
1: and insomnia. That's just some of them, some That's just- of them. Let, me, let me, if I could break in there, there's one thing that you mentioned that is near and dear to my heart. I have a foundation called Songs and Stories for Soldiers. We're a 501c3 nonprofit founded six years ago by my wife and myself to help veterans who are suffering from traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress disorder, sleep deprivation and suicide prevention. We're in 131 facilities across the United States and it's MP3 based and we've given away almost 21,000 MP3 players to veterans. And that MP3 player has two novels, the story part of Songs and Stories has a custom-designed eight-hour sleep audio designed to get the soldier to REM-level sleep because that's where the healing takes place, at REM-level sleep. And we have a website, songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us, where veterans who register, it doesn't cost anything, they just register. they have access to 3 million songs, over 100,000 audiobooks, and over 30,000 old-time radio shows from 1929 to 1962, and three more eight-hour custom-designed sleep audios. So PTSD is something I know about, and I talk to veterans all the time, and they're desperately looking for something. And the ability to deal with sleep deprivation, I believe, and I've talked to lots of doctors, sleep deprivation is the gateway to suicide because if you are exhausted, you don't make good decisions. And right. so what, what we try and do is we say, we know that the night ter- night time is the worst time. It's the night terror time, fear and anger and frustration all come up at the nighttime. They don't come up during the day. They come at nighttime when it's dark. And what we say to our veterans, We have one mission. If you wake up with a night terror, what we want you to do is to reach for the MP3 player instead of a gun or pills. One soldier at a time. Wow. So 21,000 soldiers.
0: Wow. Yeah, people think it's easy for them to
1: uh, no, no, go
0: over no. there and, and then come back and just go right into
1: life with no. There's a lot of you. You're, you're, you don't know how right you are. There are a lot of people who do not understand post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. I tell people, if you want to understand what PTSD is like, go see the movie American sniper Mm -hmm. because you're seeing firsthand of what happens to a man who gets deployed five, six, seven times with 30 days downtime between deployments. And each time he comes home, he gets further and further away from his family becomes more angry, more depressed because he's not getting any sleep. And we, um, we we work with a lot of doctors around the country and this, this issue of sleep deprivation is a huge huge issue and we say to the doctors um, try this um, <clears throat> you need to start treating and i just just finished a presentation a week or so ago with an organization in, in Pittsburgh called Marines for life. Marines for life. You can be a Marine, but you can only join Marines for life. If you've actually been in combat, if you've not been in combat, they don't want you. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So we're talking to the, the Brigadier General in Pittsburgh. And I said, sir, I understand what you're trying to do. I know PTSD is a very important part of what you're trying to do to help your veterans. Let me suggest to you, and tell this to your audience because it will work for them. I want to suggest to you two protocols. These are things that your veterans can do to help them get to REM-level sleep, which will deal with depression, anxiety, frustration, and suicide prevention. 50 milligrams of CBD before you go to bed. And the MP3 player playing at bedtime. And on your wrist is a Fitbit or any kind of a device that will tell you what's happening to your heart rate and your REM level sleep. I happen to have a Fitbit Charge 3 that I've been using for a number of years. And I take CBD before I go to bed and I turn on the music and I go to bed and uh, an optimal amount of REM level sleep is about 18 to 22% of your total sleep time should be spent in REM-level sleep. That is the where you can do more, but 18 to 22% is where you're getting very efficient work of the sleep ethic and the sleep process where you're building REM time, which is how the body and soul recharges itself. So I get about... Uh, 19 to 21% of my sleep is REM sleep. I've been telling veterans about this combination of CBD and music and the Fitbit to measure your REM level sleep. And what I keep hearing back from the soldiers is I've gotten better sleep than I've ever had in my life. I don't get a great night's sleep. I was in Boston and we were working with their Baltimore, excuse me, Baltimore, we're working with a, an organization called the Baltimore Station, and they took two old fire stations and converted them into barracks for homeless veterans. And I went there and did my presentation and gave away a bunch of my MP3 players, and I told them about this therapy. And usually when I make an introduction, I come back within 60 to 90 days to see what's going on with the, with the soldiers. I came back, and I was stopped, and I got on my car and was stopped in the middle of the street by this young man wasn't a terribly young man, It was an older man, he said, Mr. Perkins, um, I was in Vietnam. I've tried everything legal and illegal to try and get sleep. Nothing worked for me. I was fortunate enough that I got your MP3 player and I was able to go out and buy some CBD. I don't get a good night's sleep every night, but I've had more nights of quality sleep, that when I wake up in the morning, I feel totally different than I've ever felt before. And I thank you so much. And I said, it's not me. It's just a matter of education, helping people understand there are alternatives. But the same thing is true, not only about veterans, but but battered women and children and, and, and this depression that we're going through in the pandemic. Well, there's a lot of cases of PTSD that we don't know is PTSD. We think it's depression, but it's really PTSD. So I encourage people to to bring the the music therapy and CBD. In some really severe cases, if it's legal in the state, you might want to try some cannabis. Um, You don't have to take a huge amount of cannabis to get some wonderful benefit. Um, I always encourage people to find a doctor who has been trained in or has done clinical work on using cannabis to treat various illnesses. We have a wonderful doctor on our show uh, every maybe once or twice a month. His name is Dr. Jordan Tischler. He's in Boston and he is a cannabis doctor. He's a Harvard Medical School graduate, worked at Dana-Farber and is in private practice. And he uses cannabis to treat all kinds of ailments like you were talking about. But he's the kind that believes that less is more, that rather than more is more. And so he, work, he worked with patients on prescription. He tells them what to buy, where to go buy it in terms of the stores legally, and monitors what's happening to them. But he believes that the, the, the pandemic has caused an enormous amount of depression.
0: Rightly so. Mm-hmm. Now, a question I'm sure that's forming in the minds of uh, some of the listeners who are new to the subject, is it addictive or no?
1: No. No. There's a lot of people that who, who don't know better, especially years ago, said that cannabis was a gateway drug that just led you to heroin and cocaine and Oxycontin. And in fact, it's not true. In fact, what the research is now showing that people who have been addicted to drugs can get off of their drugs and use cannabis as their source of of painkiller and medication without having the, the tremendous debilitating side effects of heroin or cocaine. So no, it's it's not anywhere no, in no neighborhood. Oxycontin, which is a uh, terrible, terrible drug, highly addictive, highly addictive. Um, we know many, many cases of doctors who are using cannabis to wean people off of Oxycontin. Um, and so if you, um, if you understand that, um, the more we learn about anything the better off we're going to be. And that's just not just cannabis in general. The more we learn about uh, coronavirus, the better off we're, if we're more informed, then we're gonna make better decisions. And, um, and so when you, when we talked earlier, we talked about a lack of information coming out about uh, the coronavirus, what we're trying to do is help people understand what they can do. And and the body of work that's growing rapidly on cannabis is just enormous. And uh, uh, the day the day will come, and it may be coming quickly, with uh, with Biden in charge, that uh, we may see the House and the Senate change the rules on the legalization of cannabis as a legitimate. Medication for treatment of all kinds of diseases. Um, it's it's going to be um, it's going to be a nightmare because right now you have 44 states that have either medical and or recreational marijuana. That's 44 different governing bodies who decide how cannabis is going to be sold in their state. How you hodgepodge that by decriminalizing it at a federal level and have some standardization is going to be a problem, but it needs to. It has to happen.
0: Yeah, that that's the confusing part. Um, I know years ago I read about people who in the states where it were legal and they started growing. I mean, like I didn't know Texas um, mm gives you license to grow it here. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, there have been cases where the federal government has come in and just torn the place apart and ripped everything threads and taken, put a freeze on um, the finances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And
1: killed the person. Yeah. it's, it's,
0: it's where it was legal.
1: It's, and there's no and there's no consistency from federal office to federal offices of what they're doing within a state it, it, it that's part of the problem imagine if you would we decide that you and i decide we're going to start a business mm-hmm. and we're each going to put in five thousand dollars a seed capital and we're going to make widgets And so we find a place to make the widgets, we find the equipment to make the widgets, and we buy the raw materials, we start making widgets. And we're successful, and we start selling more, and we start making more. And we have to start billing people for the widgets. we got no place to put the cash.
0: Right, that's what's going to be my next thing. You can't deposit
1: the earnings from it. Not only can you not deposit it because banks won't take the money legally; they they can't. But you have to pay taxes and all the expenses that we, you and I, spent to build our business. Uh huh. Personnel cost, equipment, rent, utilities. We can't deduct any of those expenses. But we have to pay taxes on it. We pay taxes on the gross income. So if you're in the cannabis business, in essence, at a federal level, because you have no deductibility of expenses, you're paying almost 70% of the gross income in taxes. 70%.
0: That seems rather (laughs) shisey. On the government. Oh, yeah. I I mean, it's 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 because they're under that our government is pretty much uh, in the pockets of big pharmaceutical
1: companies? I, I, I can't say that. I can say that the pharmaceutical companies couldn't study cannabis, because if they had any cannabis in any of their facilities, they could have been raided by the, the Drug Enforcement Agency and been shut down, been out of business. So the drug companies absolutely took no risk of having any cannabis whatsoever on any of their properties, they were not. They were not willing to take the risk of losing their businesses, so they, that's why we saw no research. They wouldn't do it, and it was because the government, the government was quite. A real weed,
0: that grows freely.
1: Right. So what what was interesting to happen is that, um, before you're in my time we had a thing called prohibition mm-hmm. and we made alcohol illegal. A lot of people don't understand. We made something else illegal in prohibition, cannabis mm-hmm. prior to prohibition. Cannabis was not illegal in the United States. Right. So they made cannabis illegal along with alcohol and beer. But when they repealed prohibition, they didn't take away the prohibition on cannabis, they left it in place, which is weird because it's a weed. Yes, so, so we worked all this time, and um, we created a situation where we created an illegal market, huge illegal market, even today, still, that the the legal cannabis market in this country in twenty twenty will probably come in around twenty one billion dollars. The illegal market in the United States is probably close to eighty billion dollars. So billion oh, yeah. billion. So the the illegal absolutely destroys the the legal market. Now as these states have become especially the states that have added recreational, they're eating into the illegal marketplace but still a huge business. And I think if we get some relief, if it, the, the provision that has problems with banking and with deductibility of expenses called 280E, 280E, if we get rid of 200, 280E out of the code, then banks will be able to be able to treat that cannabis business like any other business and uh, create terms and conditions to loan it money and take deposits um but it's but but one of the things that's fascinating to me is to watch what happened to the cannabis business during the pandemic and i said earlier we had uh, a situation where the states decided that cannabis dispensaries were essential businesses and allowed them to stay open But the restriction they put them on is it had to be curbside pickup. They couldn't go into the dispensaries. People were not allowed to go into dispensaries because they didn't want, they wanted social distancing. Mm -hmm. So what happened was, gee, if the customer can't come to us, why don't we go to the customer? Delivery services. Delivery. Just like, (laughs) just like, just like DoorDash and everybody else delivering food and groceries. Yeah. Well, you saw the delivery business explode in the cannabis business. And and let me t- give you an example of what happened. In 2019, a marijuana company, legal company in Ohio built 5 dispensaries to distribute cannabis for medical purposes. Now, I don't know whether you've ever been into a legal cannabis dispensary or not. I haven't been in many, but there seemed to be a trend that they want them to look like Apple stores. Oh, wow. Apple Apple computer stores. So this company built five dispensaries in Ohio at an average cost, build-out cost, of $750,000 each. The pandemic came and the business was shipping to drive-by and dispensary delivery. The company ultimately wound up selling those five dispensaries, the buildings, the brick and mortar for $350,000 each. Mm -hmm. Because the delivery services we're changing the whole face of the cannabis business. So uh, you have more and more delivery services. It's the cost to enter to build a delivery service is a hell of a lot less than spending $750,000 to build a fancy Apple store dispensary. As the knowledge level grows of consumers, and we're part of that knowledge growth with our show, um, the need to go into a dispensary is not there. And if you're dealing with a cannabis doctor with telemedicine, you don't even have to go to his office. You can talk to him over a television screen, give him your symptoms, what you're trying to do, and he can prescribe for you what kind of a cannabis product you should be buying. And then you get on your phone or your computer and order it and have it delivered to your house.
0: Now, when you say a cannabis product, Mm -hmm. I mean, are they being, um, Chemicalized or is it just natural? And I mean, what what is the the varying degrees?
1: Okay, that- that's 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 a that's a wonderful question. Very very astute question. One of the differences for a consumer between the illicit market and the legal market that all the states that have made cannabis in one shape or form legal have also put in testing standards and they're looking for things like fertilizers and pesticides and dirt and other things so that a company who wants to be in the cannabis business where there is a state supervisory authority has to be subject to a random inspection to verify that the what they're saying the product is actually is. Now, the illegal market, there's no state inspector going into an illegal store. Right. So the problem is that you have no idea how much pesticide, how much chemicals are in the illegal stuff. But you get a certification report on buying it at a legal store, what the test results are on the product. Now, sometimes... There are some people in the business, like many businesses, who cut corners, but they ultimately get found out and they're out of business. So natural, yes, there are are ways in which you extract certain elements. Um, For example, you can have non-THC CBD and you can have THC cbd it's all a function of the extracting process of how you extract the oils out of the plant and how you process the oils to extract take out the thc or leave the thc in that's done chemically so that if you want a cbd product it has to be processed and tested very heavily to make sure that it's safe um uh, CBD is a, is a very big market at the moment right? So growing, growing like crazy. I did a, did an interview on my show, which is on the website America's cannabis conversation with the chief litigation attorney for the federal trade commission. And he was a fascinating man. He talked about the cowboys in the West who were making all kinds of outlandish promises with CBD that they go after and prosecute. Um, and I, I've i seen so much abuse in the, in the CBD business because it's not a narcotic. It's not really subject to directly the Food and Drug Administration or the state regulatory authorities because it's not a drug. But the Federal Trade Commission gets involved if outlandish promises are being made uh, about it'll cure everything in the world that you could ever have, cancer and heart disease. We don't know which is true. So there are a lot of people that have have abused the opportunity to market CBD. But generally speaking, you don't find CBD in a cannabis store. Like in California, last time I checked, it was illegal to sell a CBD product in a cannabis store. Mm. They only sell cannabis. Um, You can buy the cannabis in bulk and chop it up and make your own rolls. You can buy pre-rolls. You can buy oils. You can buy edibles, brownies and cookies and stuff like that, that have the have it baked into the recipe. But right now, I would say that the, the huge percentage of what we can see in product sales are what they call the bud or the flower. And it's sold in a natural state. There's nothing done to it. And then you buy it, you can dry it so it'll burn and then you chop it up and roll it in paper and make your own um, cigarette. Like uh, they did
0: in the old days.
1: Yep, yep. So, um, flour is the dominant way in which the product is sold and there you have to s- submit the product to review testing. So, it's, it's where, because it's the least processed, it's the more likely to be the purest and the cleanest. But when you start packaging it and processing it and squeezing it and getting the oils out and things like that, you get further and further away from the all natural process. Oh my goodness,
0: how time flies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is just, one last quick. Sure. Do you think the federal government will ever get on board? What do you? What is the problem
1: exactly? That's a great question. Because
0: they legalize alcohol.
1: Well, they, they it was legal, then it was illegal, then it was legal again. Yeah okay and when when the government made it legal again they put in controls on how it was to be distributed we had for the longest time you couldn't buy alcohol except in a what they used to call a state store was a a a store that sold liquor by the bottle but only in a state-run store now you can buy it anywhere you want um the, the problem is that there has been tremendous amount of misrepresentation, misrepresentation and, and misleading of people about cannabis. And the industry didn't have nearly enough research to respond to those people who were talking about the evils of cannabis. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to this gentleman a week or so ago who um, he has a young child and they, they buy the bud or the flower and they chop it up fine, very fine, and they put it with her cereal. She was having 300 seizures a day. Oh, my God. Now she has two or three. Wow. And the only thing they changed was they put in some cannabis in her, in her diet. So, yeah, I think it's going to happen. It We may see a lot of change, but as I said earlier in the show, I don't believe that the federal government per se wants to be involved in the regulation of the cannabis business. I think they want to set up some broad rules, but it's going to be the individual States getting the individual States to agree. I mean, the minute you decriminalize cannabis you create the potential for it to be sold across state borders right now you cannot transport cannabis from one legal state to another legal state you'll be arrested because you're transporting a a, a, a narcotic substance but even when you get rid of that and you say it's no longer not not no longer a controlled substance you still got all the problems of the, the, but the protectionism in the states. Quick example, my home state, New Jersey, got very aggressive and passed. They had medical marijuana almost from the beginning, but they passed last November recreational. And the governor was hot to trot and he rammed it through and it got approved recently to be able to sell and what were the rules? New York, Pennsylvania... Connecticut, and Delaware, were all terrified because they were afraid that their their constituents were all going to leave and go to New Jersey to buy legal cannabis and bring it back across the border. So now all of them have got various forms of legislation coming up for vote in their state legislature to make it legal to try and preserve as much as their own personal market as they can. Hmm. Okay. I know we're out of time. Thank you so much for having me. You made me a promise last week. Are you going gonna... yeah, to? You know, I tried to email it to you,
0: but I think Daryl gave me the wrong email. And so I put it in the messenger to your Facebook page. I gave you a list of uh, some of the more influential churches.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. the contact information. Oh, I'll look for it. You see, and it was on my Facebook page.
0: Yes, and um, and uh, now I found um, your correct email. I think um, on one of your other sites, yeah, but okay. like, um, <laughs> so if you you know have any problems, I'll be glad. I'll send you an email anyway with the list. But yeah, I had it two days ago.
1: Right. So the um, the cannabis show is American cannabis conversation. It's on w420radionetwork.com. Seven days a week, different times. You go to the the w420radionetwork.com website, and it'll tell you where you can listen to it. New show came out today at 420. You can listen to that today. Okay. Uh, And uh, Songs and Stories for Soldiers is the nonprofit for veterans. And that's songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. And if you're interested, my personal website is danperkins.com. Dot guru, G U R U. And yeah. Daryl's breathing down our neck. He wants us to get off the air.
0: We're getting off, Daryl. All right, everybody. Remember the question where is the love? Let's find it. And this is Ramona at Ramona Speaks, The Other Truth. And my fabulous guest, Dan Perkins. And we're saying good night to you all. Send us home, girl.